Today is Friday, July 22nd, 2022, and Pelosi storms out of a press conference after being asked about her insider stock trading. Jill Biden gets heckled to her face about gas prices. Kamala Harris is going down, and Donald Trump plans his revenge tour. My name is Benny Johnson, and welcome to The Benny Show. You're okay. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah. Hey, folks, guess you heard this morning I tested positive for COVID, but I've been double vaccinated, double boosted. Ladies and gentlemen, we love that we have a growing audience here on The Benny Show. We are so thrilled about it. Yet there are some things that you cannot talk about on shows that are broadcast on corporate and social media platforms. There are some things, specifically memes, that you got to put on free speech platforms only. And that's why we do a show on Parler. Please head on over to Parler.com. Check out our profile at Benny Johnson and check out our show, The Left Can't Meme. It is a show where we highlight all of the memes that you would probably get kicked off social media for posting anywhere else. Parler, where free speech lives. Our first story today, speaking of people who hate free speech, is Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi hates free speech, yet... I mean, Joe Biden probably has better response when he is called out to his face on the various bad things that he is doing. Joe Biden obviously has an aneurysm every time a reporter questions him or asks him a question about Hunter or asks him about polls from the New York Times showing that he is going down in flames and that Democrats don't even want him to run again for president. You saw that clip. Joe Biden neanders over, right? Wobbles over to the press and yells in their face, Hey, Jack! I poo-poo in my pants. And that's what he says. He said he literally says, my butt's been wiped. And Joe Biden collapses. But I would argue that if there was one person that could rival Joe Biden for the extreme arrogance and freakouts of her not wanting to be questioned ever and never wanting the press to ask her a question about her life that is confrontational. It's got to be Nancy Pelosi. And the reason why this happens and the reason why Nancy Pelosi can't handle it and the reason why Joe Biden can't handle it are the same reasons. They are fossils. You know, there's photos of Nancy Pelosi and JFK. Not Nancy Pelosi as a baby. Not Nancy Pelosi like as a little like bouncing baby girl. Like Nancy Pelosi is like a, like a, a, a young adult in a dress next to JFK. And I'm not sure JFK is even president yet. Like, that's how old Nancy Pelosi is. That's how long these people have been around. Joe Biden obviously wouldn't have been one of the uh, the signers of the Declaration of Independence, but he probably remembers it being signed. Nonetheless, you have a situation where they've been around for so long and they've had such a exhausting run in politics that they just don't want to be questioned. They're like your angry, senile, old grandmother or grandfather who just like eating their spam alone in peace and watching the Andy Griffith show. They don't want to be bothered and they don't have the capacity to deal anymore. The chill is gone and Pelosi has no chill, especially when you ask about the number one criminal thing that Nancy Pelosi is involved in. And it should be criminal. I got to tell you, it should absolutely land the Pelosi's in jail. Perhaps it won't, and it's too bad. We're optimists on this show. But Nancy Pelosi's insider trading. So this week, Nancy Pelosi was buying stocks. Now, she's always buying stocks. And then what happens is she buys a stock, 
and then she makes sure that the stock that she buys gets preferential treatment from Congress, that Congress is going to pass some giant bailout bill for the industry, or going to pass some giant stimulus bill for the industry. That's how the insider trading works. How does Nancy Pelosi do this? Well, she does it through her husband, who of course runs a hedge fund that does tech stocks. Where's Nancy Pelosi from? Nancy Pelosi's district, if you saw it on a map, is like this teeny little blue dot at the very tip of San Francisco. San Francisco is a big bay, and Nancy Pelosi represents this teeny little spot in the middle of San Francisco. And by the way, that's also the area of San Francisco that you don't want to go to. That's where all the drugs are. That's where all the needles are. It's where all the poop on the sidewalk is. And Nancy Pelosi, even though she represents the, uh, uh, you know, uh, metaphorically the the Amber Heard bed of congressional districts, um, she is wealthy, uh, outsized wealth beyond any measure in Congress. She has $100 million dollars uh, of wealth plus. I mean, we don't actually know the real numbers, but according to estimation, she's worth $100 million. And that's because of insider trading, because Nancy Pelosi always seems to outperform the market, always seems to bet on the right stocks that are going to come up for votes. And she did that recently with the CHIPS Act. Nancy Pelosi bought stock in the uh, in a stock that is a chip maker. The reason why this is a big deal is because Congress is right now expediting the making of chips, computer chips, and uh, uh, chips that you'd run an electric car with, or that you'd run uh, pra- practically any machine uh, that you would buy as a commodity today, runs off of some type of semiconductor chip, and she is passing a massive, massive bill that would give the stock, which is called NVIDIA, N-V-I-D-I-A, she bought a enormous amount of shares, 20,000 shares to be exact, 1 million to 5 million in value. Nancy Pelosi bought 20,000 shares of NVIDIA inside of a purchase that took place right before Nancy Pelosi brought to the House floor a CHIPS Act that would make that stock worth an enormous amount of money. So it's got to be great to be a Nancy Pelosi store. It's got to be great to be in Paul Pelosi's drunk driving club. It's got to be the best thing ever because you just sit there at dinner and they tell you what's going to happen in Congress next. Nancy Pelosi is the Speaker of the House. She controls the floor. She controls what gets brought to the floor. Nancy Pelosi gives you the insider stock tips. Everyone buys up this obscure computer chip stock, and then the the stock goes gangbusters because Nancy Pelosi controls the purse of Congress. That's what the House does. The House is in control of spending, and so they spend like drunken sailors, and that's not an insult to Paul Pelosi. He's just a drunken driver, drunken sailor, much less dangerous. Welcome to the month of July, or as we call it on this show, MAGA Month. This is a month where we celebrate America and our founding, the 4th of July, fireworks, grilling, drinking beer, and you know what's another amazing American tradition? Gold. That's right. America used to have a currency that was backed by gold. That's what prevented out-of-control inflation back in the day. Did you know that George Washington actually held an enormous amount of gold personally in order to ensure his investments. Be as smart as George Washington and invest in something with physical value. I'm talking physical gold for my friends at Birch Gold. Text Benny to 989898 to get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals from Birch. I did this and my family got in the mail physical gold and silver delivered 
delivered securely to our home and now it's in our bank account and we've never felt more secure. And it's all because of my friends at the A plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, five star reviews, thousands of satisfied customers, Birch Gold. Text Benny to 989898 to go gold. Be as smart as a founding father, ladies and gentlemen, Birch Gold. And so you have a situation where finally Nancy Pelosi, after the illegality and just blatant corruption of this occurs, Nancy Pelosi is asked about this finally by the press, and it didn't go well. Now, this clip is a little quiet. I don't know which reporter asked this. So I'm going to tell you that the reporter says, hey, have you ever given your husband stock tips? That's what a reporter asks. The reporter, like, uh, clearly this is one of his first rodeos, didn't like, didn't like, bark the question like you're supposed to. Nancy Pelosi's response tells you everything. Check it out. Yes, sir. I think we have to go now. One more, he said. Yes, sir. Uh, over the course of your career, uh, has your husband ever made a stock purchase or sale based on the information he's received? What are you saying? Uh, over the course of your career, has your husband ever made a stock purchase or sale based on the information you've received from him? No. Absolutely not. You want to know what the liberal world order looks like? The liberal world order looks like that. Nancy plays it going, no. And then pushing her microphone aside as she storms off the stage with that, like, villainous, villainous grin on her face. Nancy Pelosi is the distillation of the political and establishment elite. They are repulsive. They have gotten rich off of the back and the work of the real people, the deplorables, the America first, middle of the country. Nancy Pelosi probably wishes that she could sleep off these questions from the press. She can't. This is now blowing up in her face. The Wall Street Journal writing a massive takedown of Nancy Pelosi today in a big editorial. The Wall Street Journal, obviously an incredibly influential uh, piece of uh, incredibly influential. I'm, I'm not going to call them a propaganda outlet because they actually do really, really good reporting, uh, but they are corporately owned. And so they do have some pretty bad, pretty bad stuff uh, uh, that they've published recently. But this was a great article saying that we must stop insider trading in Congress and make laws against it. God bless them. Here's what happened. Over the course of your career, has your husband ever made stock purchases or a sale based on information you've received as speaker? Nancy Pelosi knows that just by answering that question, it's going to be news. That's why Nancy Pelosi stormed off stage. Stormed off stage. It was reported last week that Paul Pelosi, husband of the speaker, recently bought $5 million in stocks, a semiconductor company that happened to line up just as the Senate was about to vote on a competition bill that would give $52 billion in subsidies to the semiconductor industry. Paul Pelosi exercised two... 20,000 shares, as we previously said on this show, up to one, in a range of one to five million in NVIDIA stock. The same disclosure also revealed that Paul Pelosi sold 10,000 shares uh, up to one and five million in Visa and 50 call options for Apple. In June of 2021, Paul Pelosi also purchased up to millions of dollars in NVIDIA stock. So he's been doing this for a while because Nancy Pelosi, to prepare these bills to hit the House floor, you got to like work on it. You got to like get the bills ready. So Nancy Pelosi is sitting there going to the dinner table. Paul Pelosi is drunk off his ass, like slunch, slouched over the table, red wine stained teeth. And Nancy Pelosi's like, hey, hey, did you buy the semiconductors? We're going to bring the bill to the floor soon and we're going to give them $52 billion. 
by the semiconductors. And then she gets on her broomstick and she flies back to Washington, D.C. That's how it works. That's called insider trading. It should be made illegal. Apparently, it's going to be looked into, thank God. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, it's uh, exactly the kind of like, it's not really even crony capitalism. It's just straight up criminality. Again, Martha Stewart went to jail for doing a mitocum, like a scintilla of what Nancy Pelosi does every single day. One of the main figure features in a book about insider trading, the House Financial Services Committee, Spencer Baucus, uh, announced that he would not seek re-election after insider trading reports. So it wouldn't be the first time that members of Congress were caught insider trading and it ended their careers. We can only hope that the Republican Congress passes bills that end insider trading for the good of the country, and then maybe they'll begin to look into Nancy Pelosi. That would be really, really nice. So this is a happy story, Nancy Pelosi getting angry. The next story is a sad story, unfortunately, uh, but I guess with a even sadder ending. There was a knife-wielding sociopath that tried to stab a gubernatorial candidate, his name's Lee Zeldin, in Rochester during a campaign rally in New York. Onlookers subdued the attacker, thank God, and the unhurt candidate immediately retook the stage for a speech. This is a horrifying incident. This dude pulls out a knife. You can see there on your screen, if you are watching online, the homie has some type of blade in his hand, and he's ready to stab the candidate who is a uh, former congressman. Uh, his name is Lee Zeldin. He's running for governor in New York. We hope that he wins. He's a totally, totally rad dude. We know Lee Zeldin fairly well. And he was nearly stabbed who knows, like to death? This has happened before where candidates get stabbed to death. In Japan in the 1980s, there was a, a spate of stabbings of political candidates, and um, many of them died, actually. We looked this up, and so this is scary stuff. Um, but thank God Lee Zeldin is okay. Here's footage of that incident. Video just sent to us by WHEC. You can see the man is holding what could be some kind of weapon or device in his right hand. Zeldin was pulled to the ground, and the attacker was then subdued by staffers. We're told the Monroe County Sheriff's deputies arrived on the scene and detained the attacker. Moments ago, I spoke to the state Republican chairman, Nick Langworthy. Yo, this is scary times out there for Republicans. Scary, scary times for the Republican Party because, and I'll, like, I want to be... I want to be very careful here because political radicalization and political violence uh, should never be tolerated. However, if you're being honest and you're looking at the acts of political violence that are occurring right now that are threatening the lives of officials, it is always and persistently and forever officials on the right, whether it be a dude wandering around Brett Kavanaugh's private neighborhood, fully armed and kitted out with tactical gear, ready to break in to Brett Kavanaugh's house and kill him. He said he's going to murder Brett Kavanaugh. Remember when James Hodgkisson, who should be a name, do you know who that is? James Hodgkisson. Shot more members of Congress than any person living in America, than any person ever. He shot multiple members of Congress on a baseball field in 2017. This guy was a Bernie Sanders employee. He worked for the Bernie Sanders campaign. Bernie Sanders have to apologize for this? Was there a large national moment when we took a step back and said, wait a second, we got to tone down the rhetoric on the left. The problem with the left is that they know they've lost the narrative and they lost the country. 
and that the country itself is now treat, having an antibody reaction to leftists. And so what they're going to have to do in order to keep the heat up, in order to keep their, ba- their radicalized base happy, they're going to have to ratchet it up and ratchet it up and ratchet it up. Now, one of our friends, Arthur Schwartz, shared on Twitter uh, after this event that Kathy Huckle, Kathy Huckle, looks like a New York rat and acts like one. She was tweeting out and sharing all of the locations of Lee Zeldin's speeches with links to those speeches and encouraging her, encouraging her followers to go and there and, and, and to essentially engage with Lee Zeldin. You can go ahead and see it from Kathy Huckle's campaign. She's sitting there saying, hey, here's where Lee Zeldin's going to go. And here's the location he's going to be at. And here's the times he's going to be there. Well, I don't know, man. That seems pretty dangerous. That seems like she's trying to instigate something to me. The video from the scene shows the suspect enter the stage from slightly behind Zeldin, walk up calmly, and raise up his arms towards the candidate's neck. A group of Zeldin supporters subdued the attacker before he inflicted any damage and held him in place. Authorities arrested the man. The weapon, which appears to be a pair of brass knuckles with two blades affixed to it, was recovered from the scene. The weapon featured a cat's face and the words made in the USA written across it. Weird. The blade was made from hard plastic. It since emerged, although authorities said it was just as strong and sharp as the metal equivalent. The suspect has been named David Jacobonis. The attacker was referred to as an Iraq war veteran under the influence of alcohol. What the hell is going on with this dude? In a tweet, Zeldin said, Someone tried to stab me on stage in this evening's rally. Fortunately, I was able to grab his wrist, stop him from doing that. The candidate was not wounded in the incident. He returned to the stage and continued his speech. Pretty badass by Lee Zeldin. God bless Lee Zeldin. Please be safe out there. It is a horrific time, ladies and gentlemen. A horrific time. By the way, my producer, ALX, who happens to be in the studio with us, we don't have an ALX cam set up. Trust me. Trust me. We are going to get ourselves an ALX cam. We have we have this. I might be able to convince him to go over to the SAM cam at some point. Oh, no, oh my gosh. I think Sam is able to put ALX on the SAM cam. Are we good? ALX in the studio. Producer ALX for the first time on the Benny Show. <laughs> my man. Straight from Massachusetts. Wearing his shirt. Ready to go. ALX in the studio for the first time for the show. A wonderful team here, and we have to stop for a moment and just say thank you. We love you. We thank you, this audience. We are so appreciative for your support. By support, I simply mean watching and sharing this show, clicking like, clicking subscribe. That's all we ask. We know it's hard times for people right now. We know it is tough out there. People can barely afford gas. They can't afford to get an inter- you know, a mortgage for their home. The American dream, like it is, Biden is trying to destroy it. And so we don't ask for money. We won't do that. We will not ever do that. We will ask for the simple free things you can do to help our show, which is to just like our content and to share it. And so we say thank you. Please subscribe if you're not already subscribed. And that's why we wear shirts like this. $2 gas, the wall, no new wars, cheap groceries, and mean tweets. That is the way to go. This is the campaign. This is the bumper sticker. This is how. This is what we need. This is what we need. Y'all remember this? It was only two years ago. Only two years ago. This is what we had in America. Let's get back to it, please. And let's get a better press secretary, <laughs> Corrine Jean-Pierre, on how Biden caught COVID. I don't think it matters. This is Corrine Jean-Pierre from yesterday. She was freaking out over 
how Biden got COVID. It's very strange. Like it's, it doesn't make any sense, right? It's like when you ask someone a, a question that really gets under their skin, when you ask somebody something that's like a pressure point for them, you ask them about, I don't know, their kid that's a, you know, that, that's a drug addict or their grandfather that's senile and they just get upset with you for no reason. This was Corrine Jean-Pierre yesterday when she was asked a very obvious question because Joe Biden was traveling on his, you know, I guess it's not the campaign trail yet because he hasn't announced for president, but Joe Biden was traveling to Massachusetts. He was on Air Force One in close contact with a ton of people. Joe Biden was in Saudi Arabia, shaking hands. He was all around the Middle East. Was he spreading COVID at that time? I think this is an important question to ask, pretty logical question. Here's Corrine Jean-Pierre's answer. Where exactly was the infected? Where was he infected? I, I don't think we know. Um, I certainly don't know if you, if you have any thoughts I, on I, that. Look, I, I don't think that, that matters, right? I think what matters is we prepared for this moment. I think what matters uh, is what Dr. Jha just laid out. Uh, if we look at where we were, were a year and a half ago, this is a president, when he walked in, one of his first priorities was to make sure we had a comprehensive plan to get people vaccinated. And so now today, look, look to today, more and more people are getting closer to having a more normal life. Uh, vaccines are available. And as Dr. Jha said, if you have not gotten vaccinated, please do. If you have not, if you're, if you have not gotten boosted, please do. Uh, these are, uh, these are treatments that are going to keep you safe. And I think that's what matters here is making sure that we continue to do the work. And the good thing is that, uh, the president again has been, uh, uh vaccinated. <laughs> well, um, so here's a, here's, I suppose the major question when Donald Trump got COVID, there was a meme that was created essentially by the corporate media. The meme was this, uh, if you're always sunny in Philadelphia fan, uh, when Charlie is pointing at the board with all of the red thread tying everything together like the classic conspiracy he has a cigarette right and he has dark circles under his eyes and he just looks like he's crazy you know he's just trying to connect everything that's what the corporate press did to donald trump man they did full like they did full schematics of every person trump touched everywhere trump went i remember this in the new york times they did like these massive deep dive on who trump look every doorknob trump touched in the white house Trump was patient zero. It never stopped. Donald Trump was shamed for getting COVID. It was COVID shaming. And now we reach the point where Corinne Jean-Pierre bum rushes the stage. But she wasn't, she wouldn't ask this question. They were asking this of Trump, of Biden's doctor. And Corinne Jean-Pierre bum rushes the stage. He's like, it doesn't matter. Okay. Hmm. Thou doth protest too much, as Shakespeare might say. So, what do we know? Biden developed symptoms Wednesday evening, less than four days after he returned from his trip to Saudi Arabia. He tested positive Thursday morning, according to the White House. Where exactly was the president infected? A journalist asked, and Karin Jean-Pierre bum-rushed the stage and said that they are focused on the 79-year-old's health. We don't know. What matters is that we prepared for this moment. What the hell does that mean? That like the press is sitting there slack. Like, it says here in the New York Post article, the press sat there slack-jawed because, wait, what do you mean you prepared for this moment? What do you mean? What's the, like, like, okay, but why? And also, huh? And also, hmm. 
What is going on behind the scenes? That's what we talked about yesterday. This is Kamala's moment. This is Hillary's moment. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in the, uh, in the next story. Because, quite frankly, you know, you, you do realize now that it is just games, Game of Thrones power playing. And you have to assume that everything that befalls Biden, every bad thing that happens to Biden, whether it be the prosecution of his son, or whether it be Joe Biden getting sidelined for a while, like, it is all in a series of events in order to push him out. They know that Joe Biden is a cancer. Joe Biden said also yesterday, sorry, Monday, that he had cancer. That's a little crazy. Okay, Joe Biden says, I have cancer. Now, they walked that back and said that he meant he had cancer. Not sure that's much better. He had melanomas taken out of his skin. Joe Biden's had aneurysms in his brain, multiple. Joe Biden has a heart problem. Joe Biden walks like a robot. Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. What is going on with Joe Biden? And the press are finally asking questions. This was like a real press conference. If you watch this, you'd, it was like bizarro world. It was like you got back to Donald Trump levels of questions from the press. The press were being a little brutal, including CNN with Karine Jean-Pierre. What does this mean? We'll cover it after you watch this clip. You said it doesn't matter where he got it, but how can it not matter where he got it if that is something that forces involving contact tracing, this administration has taken it very seriously? How can it not matter? I think what I, what, I, what I was trying to say is what's important now is that he has mild symptoms. Uh, is that he is working from from the residents on, on behalf of the American people. That's our focus. Look, we knew this was going to happen. As Dr. Jha said, uh, you know, when he was when he joined me at the briefing uh, in the briefing room uh, not too long ago, he said, "This is this is uh, you know everyone was at some point everyone's going to get COVID. What is important is to make sure that you have you get the treatment uh, that is that we have provided for folks. Uh, whether it's uh, get make sure you get vaccinated, make sure you get boosted." Uh, and uh, and then we have Paxlovid that is made available because of this president. So what I'm trying to say is the moment that we're in right now is what matters as we're talking about uh, the president uh, and and uh, and his treatment and how he's feeling uh, and how he's continuing to work on behalf of the American public. Uh, okay, so this is why this is why we played our cold open. This is a massive messaging change. Don't get the noise. Get the signal, as Steve Bannon says. The signal is important. Like, seeing what's happening is important. This is a massive messaging change. What is going on here? Joe Biden, and we're going to play the clip. We don't want to be accused of whatever, misinformation here. We're going to just play the words of the president. Joe Biden saying, if you get the vaccine, you won't get COVID. These are the words of the president. Sam, let's play that clip. They're okay. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah. Hey, folks, guess you heard this morning I tested positive for COVID, but I've been double vaccinated, double boosted. So that's Joe Biden saying two separate things. Right. And this is why it was, this is why these messaging wars are so dangerous. What is happening now is they are trying to hedge. It used to be a naughty thing, a bad thing. You were a bad person if you got COVID-19. And now, as this virus has progressed, and this is serious stuff, I got COVID. It was not fun. This was OG COVID. I got the Wuhan bat soup stuff, man. I got the original COVID. OG straight shipped in from China like a piece of plastic in an Amazon box. Ladies and gentlemen, it wasn't fun. My wife got it. It wasn't fun. 
But the messaging used to be you were a bad person if you got COVID. Now, and I read to you from the president and from Karine Jean-Pierre, look, we knew this was going to happen. What? She said, everyone's going to get COVID. What? Wait, hold up. Y'all just did a 180. You just did a 180 on your messaging here. So then it's, so then it's everyone's, so then it, so then it's everyone's going to get COVID. It went, you know, it's, it's, it's bananas. And that's why the press are asking. And that's why CNN is even calling out the White House for this messaging change and saying, wait a second, it is actually really important to ask where he got it. By the way, Donald Trump was sitting there meeting with very important people all weekend. What's the deal? Donald Trump just, I'm sorry, (laughs) forgive me. We, we wish Donald Trump was president. Joe Biden was meeting with Mohammed bin Solomon. Joe Biden was meeting with the premier of Israel, the prime minister of Israel. Joe Biden met the Saudi king, the legitimately like, like the king of Saudi Arabia. He's pretty old. He's in poor health. The king of Saudi Arabia like is in poor health and pretty much like 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 uh, registering just inside of his palace now. And here's Joe Biden shaking his hand. We have that footage. Joe Biden just shaking his hand. Well, that seems bad. Is he going to give the king COVID? That's that's not going to help Saudi relationships. What's going on? Speaking of Saudi relationships and speaking of people (laughs) who's doing something dumb with their hands, Jill Biden yesterday was heckled inside of New Haven. ALX, where's New Haven? In New Haven? Is that New York? Connecticut. Connecticut. Okay. Sorry, guys. I, you know. I moved away from the East Coast. I am no East Coast snob. I was born, I was raised in the Midwest. New Haven, Connecticut. All right. Maybe I should know these things, but whatever. These are dark blue areas. I ain't ever going to live there. If you're watching in Connecticut, my apologies to you. And if you're watching still in Connecticut, move on down to Florida. It's amazing here. My entire team's down in Florida today. It's awesome. We're going to go watch DeSantis tonight. We're going to watch Donald Trump tomorrow. And if we get interviews with them or if we can go live with them, yo, I promise you we will go live with them backstage. It'll be so much fun. Stay tuned to this space. Jill Biden was in dark blue Connecticut, just like Joe Biden was in dark blue Massachusetts. They only go to dark blue states to protect themselves, safe spaces, we would call them, and they are getting heckled. Jill Biden got heckled yesterday while wandering into some meeting, not exactly sure why she was there, but the protesters said, and it's a little hard to hear, we're going to play the clip, your husband is the worst president we have ever had. You owe us gas money, which is great. <laughs> and Jill Biden goes, Jill Biden goes, thank you for your support. <laughs> Jill Biden like, a, thank you for your support. It's so great. Watch. Oh, yo. Okay, you can forgive me for thinking that was in New York. It kind of looks like it. Kind of looks like one of the like last nice streets in New York. Most New York streets are just filled with rats that look like Kathy Hochul and uh, and, and crime and uh, disease and all manner of human horrors. But here we have Jill Biden wandering in to an event 
And the protesters saying, you owe us gas money. And Jill goes, thank you for your support. Like, how out of touch are these people? Seriously, maybe Jill Biden should start taking some of the pills she's giving Joe for senility on the campaign trail. And Jill Biden, obviously, just one of the worst first ladies we've ever had. And she just sucks. She calls people's ta- she calls people tacos. She's not a sympathetic character. She's not warm or, you know, maternal uh, like like other first ladies. She's not like a sweetheart like Melania was. Melania was like a, like a nice, sweet person, just a stunner. Nah, man. Jill Biden, she's just like the Alice Cooper first lady. She looks like Alice Cooper. She acts like Alice Cooper. And she is clearly hard of hearing like Alice Cooper would be after a long life as a rock star. Speaking of the anti-rock star in the administration, the anti-rock star is Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris's polling shows that she is actually below Biden in every category. <laughs> this was so good because the, mo- the move right now is to replace... Obviously, to replace, uh, you know, Biden with Kamala, maybe. Give Kamala a shot. I think that's the move. And Kamala's going to take this shot. No matter what happens to Joe Biden, is he going to go to Walter Reed? Is Joe Biden going to pass his presidential duties on to Kamala Harris? Well, he's already done that once in the administration. He already, like, passed on presidential duties to Kamala Harris. This was when he went under anesthesia uh, to get a polyp removed, I believe, from his intestines. And so Joe Biden, during those, that multi-hour procedure... Yo, Kamala Harris was president. She, she, she was president. She got the nuclear football. Kamala Harris got it all. Is it going to happen again? Kamala views this as her only shot at redemption. This is it. This moment. This moment is Kamala's moment. This is going to be her chance to do something grand. What is she going to make? Is it going to be COVID-flavored ice cream? We're not sure. Vice President Kamala Harris' approval rating is worse than Joe Biden's in every category, according to Quinnipiac poll. The differential in approval numbers is important because Joe Biden is unable to perform his duties. Harris will step into the Oval Office and her lower approval rating will be a real albatross around her neck. While Biden's approval rating has sunk to 31%, Harris is at 26%. (laughs) Five points worse than Joe Biden. (laughs) Only 61% of Democrats approve of the vice president. That's even less than they approve of Joe Biden. Harris even trails Biden in favorability among women. Among black Americans, Harris's approval rating is 48%. That's 13 points worse than Joe Biden. So women and black Americans. Harris's heritage is half Jamaican, half Indian, according to Breitbart.com. Harris's approval rating is only greater than Biden's in two categories. She's more liked among Republicans than Biden. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yes. And she's more liked among Hispanics by one point, even though that's only 20 to 19. <laughs> so, it's a, so it's 19 to 20. Got it. All right. So you, 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 got, you got a uh, really, really bad situation there with Hispanics. Uh, four-fifths of Hispanics do not like you, want you to. Why don't you cross your open border and just go to Mexico? Maybe you could enter the socialist governments that we left. You can go to any of these socialist countries in South America, high inflation countries, and go eat zoo animals, right? Not have any toilet paper. Don't bring that crap here, is what Hispanics are saying. So there's a lot of polling numbers here. They're on your screen. I'm not going to read through all of them, but they're just abysmal. You can see clearly that Kamala Harris is just an absolute nightmare. She's even worse for Democrats than Joe Biden. And that's, that's saying a lot. So, ladies and gentlemen, it is a absolute delight to see this. It's it proves that we're we're winning. You know, it proves that shows like this are winning. 
It, shows, it proves that we are breaking the machine. We are breaking the narrative machine and that Democrats are getting extremely desperate. They thought that they could prop up this old, diseased, dementia-riddled man. And they thought that they could prop up this lady who didn't get a single vote. Not even from California. Didn't get a single vote running for president. Not a single delegate cast a ballot for Kamala Harris. Yet they thought they could install them over you and you would just say, yes, daddy, more. Not the case. Not the case. And it's blowing up. And even the greatest defenders of this administration, the corporate media, corporate entertainment, Hollywood entertainment, uh, and the you know hardened dark blue left are humiliating this administration. They're lining up in droves in Massachusetts. ALX is here from Massachusetts. ALX is here from Massachusetts in Somerset. Where's Somerset, ALX? Is it near you? Okay. So it's close to Boston. Boston, like one of the most dark blue cities in America, voting-wise. And here's this su- suburb of Boston. Could you technically call it? Like, like in the suburb region of Boston? There's an army of people lining up to boo Joe Biden and scream, let's go Brandon Adam. Jill Biden can't go to some Democrat meeting in Connecticut, of all places, without somebody screaming at her about gas prices. The regime is in total collapse. And that's why Democrats are desperate. And that's why they're going to do desperate things. After Biden got COVID yesterday, we just thought we'd point this out. Hillary Clinton tweeted a photo of her on the campaign trail. Yo, ho, ho, ho. little subtlety there, Hill Dog. Okay. We hear the cackling coming from Mordor. We see the giant eye of Sauron, you know, like heating up. Hillary Clinton's going to hit it. She's going to hit it. She's going to hit the campaign trail. She's going to do it. Eyebrows were raised, according to Summit News, run by our dear friend, Paul Joseph Watson. I, I, I say dear friend. I've never actually met Paul Joseph Watson, but I'm a big fan of his content. Uh, eyebrows were raised Thursday after Hillary Clinton posted an old campaign photo and captured it on the move shortly after it was announced that quadruple-vaxxed Joe Biden has COVID. The photo shows Hillary in 1992 standing in front of the Clinton-Gore campaign plane, and the move promptly asked questions is Clinton preparing to run again? Now, the reason why this photo is important is because the 1992 Clinton-Gore campaign was the opportunity for the Clintons to sort of like remake the Democrat Party as like the working class party. This is the only time they did that. Clinton's run as radical ever since. And then Clinton's, you know, Clinton got like hammered, right, in the 94 elections. Newt Gingrich comes in. And then Clinton pretty much was like a tail between his legs the whole rest of the time. He was passing tax cuts. He was passing entitlement reform, signing the Defense of Marriage Act. Clinton just essentially did what Republicans wanted him to do the rest of his term and did anything else he wanted to do inside the Oval Office. You know what I mean? And so you have a situation here where Hillary is hearkening back to the days when the Clintons remade the Democrat Party brand and image. This wasn't an image from her 2008 run for president. This is not an image from her 2016 run for president. She could have used images for many, either of those. No, 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 no. Hillary Clinton is transmitting to her drooling, feral followers exactly what she's planning on doing. And she's telling us too. She's saying that I am going to run on this big, fat, Democrat unity ticket, and I'm going to come in and save the party because the Democratic Party was, of course, in shambles. Go back in history, Ronald Reagan just wrecks Jimmy Carter like a 40-state landslide. Then he wrecks Dukakis. Uh, sorry, Mondale. That was like a like a 49-state landslide. I think Mondale won one state. I think Mondale won like Massachusetts and Minnesota. 
Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not even Massachusetts. Then Bush destroys Dukakis, okay? Like, destroys him. And so the Democratic Party was just, like, utter shambles. Three losses in a row. Like, like just, just epic, eternal defeat. Like, massive landslide losses. Maybe we'll never see him again in our lifetime. And then Clinton and Gore came through and were able to fracture enough of the Republican base, which is what I think they're going to plan on 2024. They're going to have, like, the... They're going to hope they can break MAGA up. That's why we do this show. You're hearing rumbles of Mike Pence running. You're hearing rumbles of maybe like a new, like a Liz Cheney, Romney ticket, right? The anti-Trump ticket. They're going to try and break the party, try and, try and fracture the party, and have Clinton come in. Bill Clinton didn't win in 92, uh, a majority, right? Bill, Everyone got like, Ross Perot got like 10%, Bush got like 40%, and Clinton got like 42%. And that's how Clinton won the White House. And that's going to be their strategy. Yep, like bookmark it. I'm years ahead of I'm years ahead of everyone else here. That's gonna be their strategy. They're gonna run Republic. They're gonna try and break the Republican Party in two, and then they're gonna try and like slip Hillary in there. That's what's gonna happen. But I don't think they're gonna do it because Donald Trump is running a deeply smart campaign this time. Reporting from Axios this morning, our final story today, and it is such an important story. Reporting from Axios this morning, Trump's plan for a second term is to erode and eradicate the deep state. This is how you do it. The deep state is effectively the permanent state in Washington, D.C. What the deep state is, is a, a made up of a list, uh, a long, very long list, thou- thousands and thousands and thousands of people that, are call- that call themselves civil servants, but what they actually are is the permanent state. They don't come and go like members of Congress, like Lindsey Graham or Nancy Pelosi. They've been there for a long time, but Nancy Pelosi has an expiration date. People have expiration dates. People lose their primaries. The winds of politics can change and can throw you out of the boat at any time. These people stay forever. And that is the deep state. It's not a bunch of guys meeting in a smoke-filled room. It is not a bunch of homies that are like sitting there, you know, inside of some bunker, right? Port, like dark lit, you know, back lit uh, with, 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 you know, burning cigars. That ain't it. That ain't the deep state. The deep state is uh, in the light of day and it is before us. It is the permanent state of Washington, D.C. The permanent employees that stay there forever and are unfireable and have made themselves unfireable and cannot be critiqued. So every time there's a government shutdown, the entire media turns on like federal employees, like turns and like tells these sympathetic stories of federal employees. Look at the people you're not allowed to touch. That's the people who are actually in charge. Look at the people you're not allowed to criticize. Those are the people who are actually in charge. If you want to find out who rules a nation, look at who you can't criticize. That's the deep state. Those are the people. Donald Trump's plan is perfection. This dropping this morning from Axios. Donald Trump is going to erode and destroy and take a ice-cold sledgehammer out of the freezer, deep freeze. The sledgehammer is smoking. It's so cold. And he's going to smash the base of that deep state. And boy, oh boy, ALX said he's getting white-pilled reading this article. I am too. Former President Trump's top allies are preparing to radically reshape the federal government if he's reelected, purging potentially thousands of civil servants and filling career posts with loyalists and his America First ideology. People tell Axios. Impact could go well beyond typical conservative targets such as the EPA and the IRS. Trump is working on plans that could potentially strip lawyers at the Justice Department, including the FBI, and reaching into national security and intelligence state. That is the deep state. 
The deep state is the federal prosecution state. The deep state is the federal law enforcement state. The deep state is the federal permanent war state. Permanent war. That is the rule of the deep state. During his presidency, Trump often complained about what he called the deep state. The heart of the plan is derived from an executive order known as Schedule F. That's great. He should have called it Order 66, but that's fine. Developed and refined in secret over most of his second half of Trump's term, and we know this to be true. We know from, we can't say the names, but these are the, the top of the top. The, the, the top officials inside of Trump's um, DOJ and Pentagon were telling us what this plan was. That the second term was going to gut, gut the federal government. It's going to be glorious. Trump has endorsed the work of several groups to prime the administration in waiting personnel and action plans would be executed in the first 100 days of the second term. The work could accelerate controversial policies and enforcement changes, but also enable revenge tours against real and perceived enemies and potentially insulate the president and allies from investigations or prosecutions. They intend to sack thousands of mid-level staff jobs. Well-funded groups are already developing a list of candidates selected often for their animus against the system and in line with Trump's long-running obsession to drain the swamp. This includes building extensive databases of people vetting as beginning Trump's agenda has begun. Stop. And let me tell you right now what this is. Donald Trump's biggest problem in 2016, and I remember this because I know the people who run the uh, family action and the you know uh, social conservatism action policy arms in, in a lot of states. We do great work with them. Terry Schilling is one of them at the American, um, at APP. Uh, 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 American, American Principle, Principles Project. Sorry. So many, so many acronyms. So many acronyms in D.C. The alphabet, the alphabet city. American Principles Project, super rad dude. Uh, Bob Vanderplatz in Iowa just hosted Tucker Carlson. Uh, and we obviously uh, have worked uh, uh, it, it with these groups in various capacities, and we love them very much. The biggest problem with Donald Trump was that people thought that he was going to be squishy on abortion. People thought he was going to be squishy on socially conservative issues. They thought he wasn't a Christian. They thought he loved like abortion on demand. That's what people thought about Donald Trump. He'd been married a couple times. And so people like frowned, the, the conservative right frowned on him. The religious right frowned upon him. And what Donald Trump did to placate their worries and assuage them to vote for him was he released the list of judges. He released his Supreme Court list. These would be the judges that I would nominate in 2016, and that did it. This is Trump's new version of that. This is what's going to happen. Donald Trump is doing this in order to transmit to his base the signal that he is about the deconstruction of the administrative state. That is what makes him such a threat, and this is his moment. This is his moment to make his list anew. This is the list of Supreme Court justices that brought people back into the fold. Uh, there are various members of my family that are not huge fans of some of the ways that Donald Trump conducted himself. And let me tell you, this is exactly what they want. And if Donald Trump is willing to do this, then they are on board. Then they are MAGA 2024. They are America first 2024. The revenge tour is what Republicans want because Republicans who are awake see the problem. Now Trump looks to Jim Jordan as his closest confidant on Capitol Hill. Correctly so. Well done. 
He has stayed in close contact to representative, former Representative Devin Nunes, who runs Trump's Truth Social Media Company. Trump, you can follow us, by the way, at Benny on Truth Social. And when Truth Social opens up live streaming, we'll be on there too. Trump continues to be a big fan of Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, who we'll be interviewing soon at Student Action Summit. The advocacy groups who have effectively become extensions of Trump's infrastructure include CRA, America First Policy Institute, and the Conservative Partnership Institute, CPI. Other groups, while not formally connected with Trump's operation, have been hired by lieutenants and are effectively serving his ends. The Heritage Foundation Legacy Conservative Group has moved closer to Trump under its new president, Kevin Roberts, and is building links to parts of the America First movement. This is it. This is how Trump wins. Trump's going to get prime. He's going to get prime, like primaried. He's people are going to run against him. Mike Pence has said he's going to run against Donald Trump in 2024. At least that's what they're saying now in the press. We'll wait for Pence to make his announcements. The press lies. This is how you win: a mix of this and a mix of this. This is what people want: two dollar gas, the wall, no new wars, cheap groceries, and mean tweets. That's what people want. This is it. That's the winning agenda. And that wins you, I think, 40 states. I think that there is a group of people, millions of them, strong, that will vote against Donald Trump no matter what. That's fine. You're always going to have broke brain people. But, but with every passing day of the Biden regime, this looks better. This looks better to regular Americans with every single passing day. And then this is a plan in order to make sure that Republicans who would maybe otherwise vote for Mike Pence or Liz Cheney, blah, who would otherwise vote for people like that, like the squishy moderate Republicans, this is a plan to bring them back into the fold and to tell your base what you're going to do and your base is going to say, yeah, actually, that's what we need. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we are very excited to hear Trump's speech at Student Action Summit in Tampa, Florida, Turning Point USA. It is going to be an incredible weekend. Please stay tuned to our channels because we will be bringing you exclusive behind-the-scenes content We will be giving, of course, a speech ourselves, and we will be meeting and greeting people. We'll do that today. It's going to be a riot. It's going to be very, very fun. It's going to be really, not not a riot in like the BLM Antifa sense. It's going to be a riot in like the fun, wholesome, conservative, take back our country sense. And that is what this is about. This is about the new right, which is ascendant. This is about you and me and our our movement together. We are ascendant. We are the majority of the country. We are 80% of the country. We are the productive part of the country. We are the normal and wholesome and good and moral part of the country. And we are going to take this nation back from the rotted and corrupt 10% that wants to push their delinquent, disgusting, hedonistic values and communism on the rest of us. We're going to we're gonna throw them overboard. It's going to be easy and it's going to be fun. And so thank you for tuning in. Thank you for staying tuned to our channel. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for subscribing to our pages and watching every single day. We have so much fun. We had a lot of fun on War Room also this morning, and we are here for you. That's because we have our priorities straight. God, family, country, that's what we have prioritized on this show. That's what drives us, and that's what motivates us to do more and do better. We are free men and women, and we'll stay that way. Ladies and gentlemen, have a blessed weekend. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Johnson Show.